Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number three. I'm Jim Galante along with Dustin Hawkinsmith. Quick reminder before we continue our segment on the 2010s of Penn State football. This fall, Penn State is traveling to Auburn and Keystone Sports Network along with Collegiate Athletic Travel, offering you the opportunity to travel down there for the game. Charter flight out of Harrisburg. You get to stay at the team hotel, get transportation to and from the game, a tailgate party. And Dustin and I will be on the trip and we'll be podcasting live from the, down there. So if you want more information, would love to have you join us. Go to athletictravel.com or call 800-788-4414. Uh, Dusty, when we left off after I had said we weren't going to litigate it all over again, um, I, of course, started litigating it. But let's get back to the football field. And Bill O'Brien came in, wasn't sure what he was dealing with when he got here, but he was here for two years. And in his two years, it was pretty interesting. He finished 8-4 and four his first year, 2012, received Coach of the Year, and that was after they lost early to Ohio and Virginia. You, first of all, you shouldn't lose to Ohio, but I think there was just so much adrenaline in that team, the Penn State team I'm talking about. They got an early lead, and I think they just were drained. Then they lost to Virginia 17-16. I've forgotten about this, but four missed field goals and a missed extra point. And that started the uh, season at 0-2. And And I think there were a lot of people ready to bury the team at that point. And and why wouldn't you? After all this and with penalties coming and with scholarship reductions coming and, you know, just big time doubts about, you know, what this team was and where it was going were were seemingly confirmed um, after weeks one and two. But I mean, I think, you know, we talked about Mike Maudy. We talked about Mike Zordich. I I just think the, the collective resiliency of, you know, everybody, you know, player leadership. And I think the, the coaches involved to be able to, to catch their breath and not let those two losses define them and to come back and play some really good football, you know, and what they ended up rattling, what, five wins in a row to fin- and they finished eight and four. Um, you know, the, the two more games that they lost down the stretch were to, to rank teams, you know, t- competitive games against ranked teams and then closing the season out, uh, with a win over Wisconsin. So, you know, I think they, they were able to settle in and find their rhythm, find their stride. And without a doubt, I mean, for all kinds of reasons, but, you know, including for that ability to, um, to be resilient, Bill O'Brien was, yeah, it's hard to think of a better hire at that point in time than him. And I think number one, because he wanted to run into the fire and take this head coaching job when, you know, not a lot of other big names would, would want it. So here you get this guy from the New England Patriots, the guy who was on the sideline. He had the, he had the nerve to yell at Tom Brady. You know, you have this guy coming in. Um, and I think just with the his ingenuity allowed them to, to you know, be more competitive than they deserve to be when you looked at the numbers and you looked at the talent. 
So I think him being able to manage a limited roster was absolutely huge. And for him, by the way, you know, Matt McGloin in 2012, 24 touchdowns to five interceptions. I think the last game he played uh, prior to what do you have? He threw five picks in one game at, at one point, and he did that over the course of one full season. So, yeah, I mean, the, the, so much uh, was done right in this situation. And, and it was like, and, and when he's recognized as coach of the year, it's recognized uh, how unlikely all of this really was at that point it to me said gee nationally we thought that program was dead and it wasn't and I also want to point out as fans his Bill O'Brien's two years were his eight and four seven and five and then James Franklin in his first two years where he was seven and six and by the way I don't think James Franklin gets as much credit as he deserves in his first two years because I Everyone said, oh, Bill O'Brien had to deal with the sanctions. Well, sort of, kind of, no. It was more James Franklin before the sanctions took effect, and he had to live with such... We think the offensive line is limited this year, (laughs) or this spring, with numbers. Back then, it was crazy how limited they were because Bill O'Brien thought, well, where I'm going to... I'm just not going to recruit offensive linemen. But... It made me as a fan watch the games differently. Today, if Penn State wins a game, I think they go into the season. There's 12 games. Maybe there's eight, nine games that I think they're going to win, and it's only a news story if they lose. During that era, every game felt like they could win or lose it. So every win, I felt like it meant more at the time. But talking about a meaningful win, you know, as we've been going through this history, we've been picking out individual games. The final game of that season was against Wisconsin, and Marty had gotten hurt. I guess it was the previous week. And the team, we know that helmets in the Legends game now, they put the uh, number on the helmet. The team chose to put Marty's number 42 on all their helmets. And they got to play Wisconsin, who I think won the conference that year. And in overtime, they beat Wisconsin. And it was probably as emotional a game at Beaver Stadium as any, in anybody's memory. Yeah, and and you know, beating Wisconsin in the final game of the year kind of became Bill O'Brien's thing. The uh, The second one was just, was <laughs> even bigger than, than the first one was. And you look back, back through this, this box score, you see like, you know, uh, Wisconsin scored uh, three touchdowns. Their first t- touchdowns were scored by Melvin Gordon, who uh, you know was their backup running back at the time, and and Monte Ball. So like this was a, this was a Wisconsin team that uh, was pretty good, and and Penn State, you know, I think just symbolically needed to win this game, uh, just like they did the the following year. Needed to win this game to to kind of make sure they still felt good about things going into the offseason. The offseason had a chance to feel really, really long uh if if things end on, on a kind of a sour note. So to you know it was it was more it was sort of perfect to to win this thing in overtime and to go into the offseason on that high note and you kind of saw it carry over from there. And it adds something a perspective I was talking to someone a long time Penn Stater uh, last week and he brought up the point 
you know, with everything that went wrong, everything, all the powers that be seemed to be against Penn State, pulling it down. And I believe a lot of people thought, you know what, they don't need the death penalty for the program to be dead. And I think that's what a lot of people expected. And thanks to a lot of people like the players, like Bill O'Brien, and the fans coming out, and Penn State are still saying, with pride, we are Penn State. They couldn't kill us, <laughs> I guess is the bottom line, Dusty. A hundred percent, you know, and, and I think this was this was just kind of another um, example of that. And I think there were there were more, um, you know, the the following season, too, you know, and, and I think the, those moments like I think about uh, 2013 um, beating Michigan and four overtimes and the whiteout and what that did, um, like, you know, got the, they got a bunch of new commitments from that weekend too. that. If you want to talk about moments where it was like, Oh my God, Penn state's still alive. That whiteout was another big moment in my eyes, as well as, uh, winning, um, and beating Wisconsin in the final season and uh, final game of the regular season. I mean, there are a, a lot of moments along the way where Penn State needed some affirmation. I think you look at how fragile things could have been that, that um, they kind of won when they needed to win. And I think, you know, you made the point earlier about not recruiting offensive linemen during this stretch and Franklin having to deal with that. I know for me personally, uh, when, when you have to start thinking about it from a fan's perspective about roster management, you know, I became a better college football fan when it really hit home that what we do today will be felt 24, 36 months from now, uh, more so than, than now and how how that can kind of shift in, in a moment's time. So I think, you know, you, seeing what happened in, uh, from a recruiting standpoint here and how that, you know, how that affected depth and what you needed to do to manage your roster down the road. You know, that, I, I learned a lot during this stretch about scholarship situations and, and depth and how fluid all that can be. It's a good point, Dusty. And part of all this, and in going back and reliving these times, because understand, prior to the show, when we do our prep, we go back, we take a look, we watch highlights. And for me, it's like reliving it. And you brought up the Michigan game. That was such a special night to be there, Dustin. I remember being there. I remember the place going crazy. And I think what it does, it says something about the entire university, the fan base, the players. Again, you can't kill us. You tried. You failed. And it was a great comeback story. But every piece, you know, off the air, you were saying to me about how everything had to go correct afterwards. I, of course, mentioned everything went wrong to get Penn State to this point. But then so many things went right, and a whiteout leads to the recruiting, leads to when Bill O'Brien left the program after two years as a success and got an NFL job, which is what he wanted. Penn State was able to get a top-shelf, in-demand guy like James Franklin because it was no longer toxic. Yeah, and I, and I think, you know, you could be, as a Penn State fan, you could be upset that O'Brien was only there for two years or the circumstances for how he left or if he said, hey, you know, I'm not going anywhere and then did go somewhere. I mean, you can, ha you, can uh, you know, 
ha- have gripes with that kind of thing. But you know what? This guy came in. Nobody wanted this job. And uh, and um, he turned it into a job that, that somebody else wanted. He was never the long-term guy for this job. Uh, it might have felt that way at the beginning, but he was never going to be that guy long-term. It didn't fit his personality. Penn State needed somebody to come in and manage a crisis. I don't think they really could put it that way at the time, but they needed a, a talented coach to come in, manage the crisis, get the mo- keep the ship afloat, and, and hand it off to maybe the long-term person later. And that's exactly what ended up happening happening going from Bill O'Brien to James Franklin. That's exactly it. And James Franklin was in demand at the time. He was successful with the Southeast Conference program. He was successful at Vanderbilt. That tells you, you know, there's some coaching chops there. That's the guy Penn State targeted. And they weren't entirely out of the woods yet. They were still living with those scholarship limitations. They had to fight through that. When we come back, we will talk about the James Franklin era. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Ted Brand. I'm a member of the Penn State Board of Trustees, and I'm up for re-election along with Barb Duran and Bill Olsey. And one of our goals is, again, to freeze or even reduce tuition. And the way to do that is cut costs and get more students at the Commonwealth campuses, which would generate as much as $180 million. Re-elect trustees Ted Brown, Bill Olsey, and Barbara Duran. Vote trustee ballot positions 238. Request your ballot at trustees.psu.edu. This is Jen from Collegiate Athletic Travel here to tell you about the great trip we're offering this fall for the Penn State Auburn game. In addition to charter flight and staying at the team hotel, we're also partnering with Keystone Sports Network. You'll have a chance to join Jim and Dustin as they record their show on site and even get the chance to ask your questions and be a part of the show. For more information, go to athletictravel.com or call 1-800-788-4414. See you there. <laughs> 